You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So as we've gone through the first chapter of the Mishnah, we've gone, we've described a gradually increasing set of um, actions that we take as we get more and more into the winter and rain doesn't come. At the end of Sukkot, we just mentioned Mashif Haruach Umrit HaGashem in the second bracha of the Tefillah. On the third of Cheshvan, we actually ask for rain in the blessing of Mavarech of, um, Hashanim, the blessing of the years. Two weeks later, the individuals start fasting. And then two weeks later, the community fasts. But just a daytime fast. This is a pretty light fast. And then in the middle of Kislev, so just about where we are now, the community fast is upgraded to a 24-hour fast. And this is more now like Yom Kippur or Tisha B'Av. No anointing, no washing, no shoes, no sex. This is a this is a real fast. And these actually continue right the way through Tevet. On the first of Tevet, we actually we make this even more severe. We lock the shops. We blow the shofar. This is this is close on a public uh, disturbance. And when we get to the first of Shavat, if there's no rain by the first of Shavat, at this point, it's a disaster. And you can imagine, you know, many people are hungry. Plants are dead. We actually restrict building and planting and marriages and the way people greet each other. And the individuals are now going to fast until the end of Nisan. It's almost as if the individuals who began this process are going to end this process, as if it's their fault that the rain hasn't that the rain hasn't fallen. And this point on the first of Shavat, where the restrictions on building and planting and greeting kick in, this is where the Mishnah is going to begin now, right at the end of the second chapter. So we're in the seventh Mishnah. This is the closing Mishnah of the chapter. Avru elu velo nanu. Everything has happened now, and the people haven't been answered, or the fasts haven't been answered. matan. We we restrict business. Uvinyan uvintia, and we restrict building and planting. Be'erusin uvinisuin. We actually restrict betrothal and marriage. And we restrict people greeting one another. As if these were people who've been essentially made undesirable to God. That the, the, There's some shame. The community must have done something. It's as if the community has made some grave error if God has not given us rain at this point. And the community, at this point, the community stops fasting. People have done all they can do. But the individuals carry on. The individuals go back. The individuals go back to fasting right until the end of Nisan. If Nisan passes and rain falls, so rain is now falling um in um in iar it is falling two weeks after pesach 
siman klala, it's a curse. Just as, and we talked yesterday about whether you can have too much rain. I mean, not having rain in the winter is a curse, but having it arrive in the summer is a, just another kind of curse. And the Mishnah is going to bring a quotation, etc. This is from Shmuel Aleph. Typically, the Mishnah will only bring us the beginning of a quotation when they want us to, they expect us to know the Tanakh by heart. So they expect us to know the end of the quote. But of course, because we, we, do, we, we don't know Tanakh by heart anymore, I brought the end of the quote on the source sheet. And it's actually Samuel speaking to the people. Samuel rebukes the people when they ask him for a king. This is the Haftarah actually for Korach. So maybe the Maybe, you know, Korach wants to be a bit like a king. Anyway, this is the Haftarah for Korach. Samuel rebukes the people when they want a king. And he says to them, look, God is your king. You don't need a human king. But they say, no, 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 no. We we need a king. And he says, you know, I will. He threatens them with divine retribution. He says, I'll, it's the season of the wheat harvest, i.e. we're harvesting wheat. So it must be after Nisan. He says, I will pray to God and he'll send thunder and rain. And then you'll think and you'll realize what a wicked thing you did when you asked for a king. So that's the episode that the Mishnah is referring to. And I don't think the Mishnah is making a comment here about kingship, but it's just saying, look, you know, if the rain falls after Nisan, that's a curse just as much as it is if the rain does not fall before Nisan. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there is an issue there. So one of the themes we've all, one of the themes of the Masechet is a tension between whether we go through the ritual. Now, are we going through some kind of ceremony or are we, following the words of the of the not i won't say following the words of the rambam because the rambam is writing a thousand years after the mishnah but the rambam picks up the mood of the mishnah when he says the fasting is just a a trigger to remind you to repent it's what people it's what people do that matters not whether they fast or not so maybe by reminding maybe just by reminding um us that you know the people asked samuel for a king and they got a king and he wasn't great you know saul wasn't the great king david sinned shlomo lost the kingdom the people asked for a king but it didn't work out very well and maybe that's the message that we're ending up this this first chapter of tanit on and then as we go into and um the Rambam comments, by the way, when we're talking about building and planting, we're not talking about necessary building and planting. He says, you know, we're talking about building and planting that we do for joy. You know, rich people build out their estates and they plant lovely fragrant trees. Ordinary planting and building we need to do. We're, we're permitted to carry on in spite of in spite of the drought. And then the, the Mishnah, then in the second chapter, will go into detail about what actually happens on a fast day? Seder Tanyot Ketzad. What is the order of operations for fast days? 
They take the ark out to the city square. We learned already in the Mishnah of Megillah, remember there was a discussion about whether the people were allowed to sell the city square. And it seemed that there was some kind of kadusha attached to it. And we can see now they do use the city square for the tefillah on some occasions. So we're going to bring the ark out to the middle of the square. And we put wood ashes on the Aaron, on the ark, on the teva. It's as if, I'm not sure whether we're saying that God himself is sad that rain hasn't fallen. There's something symbolic about, about, about making the teva, making the ark carry this symbol of mourning. I'm not quite sure what it means. But anyway, we put ashes on the ark, on the teva. And Uvarosh Nasi, and we put them on the head of the Nasi, that's the secular leader. Uvarosh Av Bet Din, and on the head of the Av Bet Din, that's effectively the religious leader. So the religious leader, the secular leader, people put ash on their heads. It's, it's degrading. It's embarrassing to have. This is wood ash. It's sprinkled on your head, around the hairline. The, the commentators say whether to fill it or not. And everybody else puts ashes on their own head. So we're all standing out in the square. We got ashes on our heads. There's ashes on the teva. And then Hazaken Shibahen or Merli from And the elder among them says in front of them, Divrei Kibushin, words of admonition. And now we're going to remember that we now we see where the Ramban is coming from. Achenu, he says, our brothers. Very interesting that he's he's going to admonish them, but he begins our brothers. He's he is one of them. He begins Achenu, our brothers. Brothers, he says, he doesn't say about the people of Nineveh, the people who repented. He doesn't say God saw their sackcloth and their fasting. They also put ashes on their heads, actually. It doesn't say God saw their ashes in their fasting. It says God saw their deeds. Because they turned away from their evil way. So now you see the source of the Rambam that we read when we introduced the, the, the um when we introduced the Masachet. What it, it's what we do that counts. It's not whether we fast or not. And the Mishnah is going to back it up. Uva Kabbalah, Omer, and in the tradition, actually in the prophets, it says, Rend your hearts, not your garments. There's no point in ostentatiously tearing your cloak. It's what you what happens inside that counts. That's what the Mishnah is saying. That's and that we can see now where the Rambam is coming from. And then, after these words of admonition, they bring, begin the prayers. So they stand to pray. They bring down before the ark. Remember, we've already learned um, to go down before the ark is to be the shaliyat sibor. So they appoint a shaliyat sibor. Someone who's old and someone who's fluent in the tefillah. The yesh lo banim. And he's got children. 
and his house is empty. So that his heart is perfectly in the tefillah. He, in his heart, he understands what's at stake. He has children at home and his house is empty. And he recites before them 24 brachot. The 18 of every day, the regular Amida. By the way, this shows that the, this Mishnah must have been spoken at the time that the Amida had only 18 brachot. And if you count carefully today, you'll see it has 19. So this is an early Mishnah. He recites some 24 benedictions. The 18 of every day. And he's going to add to them six more brachot. And in the rest of the second chapter of Tanit, we'll find out what these extra six brachot are. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.